Three, two, one. Welcome to the Dave of the Dog Trainer podcast, episode 85. Josh. Hello. Here we are. Well, here we are again. What's new? <laughs> Not a whole lot. <laughs> it's only been a couple of days since I've seen you. But, Playing um, some catch up here. Here we are. Um no, not <laughs> not really a whole lot to report. Had a wonderful weekend, um, and that's about it. Mm. It's raining outside. <laughs> it is raining outside. How well, about you? Not a whole lot. Staying busy. So, all right. So, it's a gloomy, rainy day today. So, what we're going to do is we're going to carry on per our conversation we had yes, not yesterday. <laughs> well, <laughs> a couple days ago. Week. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday. Conversation we had last week, we discussed there was a couple of topics we wanted to get into today. And today is going to be today is going to be definitely a much more serious podcast episode. I want to get into uh, a very very serious topic in the dog training world. I want to get into um, some really serious personal experiences that I've had involving that topic. Uh, and really kind of share some of this story. This is something that I haven't talked about publicly like on the podcast for the last almost two years now. Um, and, you know, I think it's something that, that needs to be gotten into um, yeah. because it's something that's going to help a lot of people, right? And mm-hmm. we talked the other day about the topic of behavioral euthanasia in dogs, right? There was a yep. post that was going viral um, <clears throat> like, I don't know, a week or so ago. Some trainer made like a TikTok or something like that her working with some pity. And basically the premise of it was unless you've been scared for your life around a dog, you have no business talking about behavioral euthanasia, right? And mm-hmm. and the dog training world has been going absolutely bananas over this like since it was posted, like it went crazy. I was seeing it get shared everywhere by all sorts of trainers of all walks of life and this and that. And I want to share my personal experience with behavioral euthanasia because it really, I think, helps highlight how dumb of a thing that is for somebody to say, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people on here, I've talked with a lot of my clients about this. I share this story a lot, but I have a German Shepherd named Cade. Everybody knows this, right? My black German Shepherd, who's my dude, man. I owned this guy for like three and a half years, four years. Uh, and I chose almost two years ago to have him euthanized, right? Um, and there's a lot of reasons leading up to it. And there's a lot of really, really horribly dumb mistakes that I made with him that ultimately led to five people getting bitten when I owned him, right? And I want to share the story of all that with everybody so people can learn from some of the mistakes that I made uh, and so people can realize how this helped shape the trainer that I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a dog I learned so much from. He's a dog that really shaped a lot of the behavioral modification work that we do to this day. Um, and it's tough, man. Like even right now, like getting ready to talk about, like I, it's, it's emotional, you know, like it's mm-hmm. still something that my wife and I uh, talk about, you know, every now and then, but we kind of shy away from the conversation because it's, it's hard to talk about, man. Yeah. But it's a very important topic nonetheless, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to kind of start from the beginning with this, how I knew him, um, what ultimately led to me owning him, uh, what ultimately led to some of the bites happening, why I held off on having him euthanized for so long before I ultimately made the decision to do it, right? So Cade is a dog that right now would be about seven and a half years old or so, right? He is a purebred German Shepherd, and like he is like the epitome of what a German Shepherd was, right? Mm -hmm. A strong, confident, Big ass, scary ass dog, right? Huge. He was uh, he was originally purchased from a breeder. I believe the breeder was out of Southern Ohio uh, by a really nice family um, in the uh, Moreland Hills area. And I met him when he was eight weeks old. They brought him in for an assessment. This would have been like seven and a half years ago. And I'll tell you, or he may have been like 10 weeks or something like that at this point. He was a goddamn terror at that age. <laughs> they came in, wife came in bruises all up her arms and stuff like that from him just going ham biting at her this that not in an aggressive fashion at this point but you know in a really really crazy out of control german shepherd puppy standpoint yeah signed him up for training did a puppy program with him right we started it when he was like 12 weeks old or so and he was a hard dog man i remember at the time now granted i had maybe a year and a half of experience at this point you know like i wasn't Mm -hmm. 
wasn't that great of a dog trainer at this point, but I knew what I was doing. You know, yeah. I, I, I was able to help them out quite a bit with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got past those puppy issues, right? We helped kind of set him up some structure and, you know, he was growing and maturing and this and that. And somewhere around six months or so, he started displaying resource guarding issues towards them, right? Mm. So I remember them coming in. They're like, you know, he's getting a little growly over his food and stuff, right? He's getting a little growly over. They mm-hmm. had these like uh, tracheas, like chewable trachea oh, things yeah. that they would give him and stuff like that, right? And at the time, I did not have a lot of experience with resource guarding issues, right? So in my mind, this is just every other dog you'd work with, right? This is, uh, you know, we need better impulse control around the food, right? This, that. We work some drills. We got them better with it. This and that, right? And, um, you know, we, we got some headway, right? They were able to kind of get some get some results with them and stuff like that. But we never totally fixed the issue. And a lot of it was because I never really saw it out of him. I didn't really know what I was doing at the time when it came to like serious behavioral modification and stuff like that. And, you know, as he got older, as he got to like a year, a year and a half, they started kind of adjusting some of what they were doing around him because frankly, they were, they were scared of this dog, right? Mm -hmm. He would do all of these really weird, like controlling behaviors in the house towards them. Like he would do this thing where like, if they would be sitting in the living room, he would just come running into the living room and basically just like jump on one of them and like not attack them or bite them or anything like that. But he would not let them move, right? Like he would jump on them and be like, you're staying in this spot right now. Right. And he would, he would do all sorts of weird stuff like that. The resource guarding at that point, once he hit about a year to a year and a half, which is where I talk about dogs going through maturity and stuff. Um, it started, it started really jacking up at that point. They started feeding him like in their garage. And, uh, you know, basically that was like his domain. And this dog was truly like running their house. Like, like there were serious problems. Right. They contacted me again when he was about a year and a half old. Right. And they were like, Hey, we're having some serious problems right now, right? So we chose to we chose to do a board and train program with him, right? We brought him in. Uh, he stayed at the facility. We did further training with him, right? At this point, we had a little bit more experience with working through these types of things. So uh, we were able to get some headway. Things were looking pretty good, whatever. Um, sent him home. And that was the first time they were starting to see some like really good headway with him, making a lot of progress, this, that, whatever. <clears throat> Ultimately, he kept spiraling back to this like controlling stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They would be really good with him for a little bit, then he'd spiral back into that. They'd be really good, he'd spiral back into that, right? And it started becoming more and more apparent, like as we started hitting that two-year mark with him, that he was just not the dog they wanted, right? Understandably yeah. so, right? They were like, you know, the the husband and I had a couple of conversations about, you know, like we just think... You know, we're thinking about rehoming him. We're thinking about giving him back to the breeder, this, that. So, you know, we had the conversation, you know, let's give it one more time, right? Let's give it one more try. I took him personally to come live with me for two weeks. You know, again, I knew this dog for a long, I knew him since he was a puppy, right? He would come to daycare all the time. He was very social with the other dogs. Like I had a very good relationship with this dog, Mm -hmm. right? So he came, he stayed at my house for, um, for about two weeks, right? fully integrated with all my other dogs took him literally everywhere with me at this point we had heights columbus we had heights cleveland we had Mm -hmm. heights south euclid this dog literally went everywhere with me i used him in every single lesson that i had i lived with me i mean it it was great right like he was like my dog for two weeks right did really well sent him home one last hoorah Again, two weeks goes by. We touch base every day, seeing some progress, seeing some progress, seeing some progress. Finally, uh, ultimately wound up uh, biting the wife, right, over Mm -hmm. her feeding time, right? Nothing serious, right? I think she had like one puncture in her arm or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of the deal breaker for them. They're like, you know what? We don't want them anymore, you know? Totally understood, right? As soon as they called me and told me that, and I even had this conversation in my head before I even sent them home. I was like, I'm really enjoying having this dog around right now. I was Mm -hmm. like, if they choose to rehome this dog, I was like, I think I'm just going to keep this dog. Right. Mm -hmm. At the time I just had Vinny and Vera. I was freshly single out of a relationship Mm -hmm. and you know, he was a dog I really wanted. Right. So they called me, they said, Hey, we're getting rid of him. I told him, I was like, bring him up to the shop tomorrow. I'll take him from you bring his food. Good to go. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they, I think they kind of knew that I was going to do that also, right? They were like, we really appreciate that. Yeah. We'll bring them up tomorrow. You know, I got this like 
huge thank you note from them. It's like, whatever, you know, it was, it was cool, right? He's my dog. So from there, I, you know, he, like I said, he went everywhere with me. Everybody at the facility knew him, really liked him, stuff like that, right? So originally I was like, well, I've been using him in lessons all the time. He's been so good for helping socialize dogs. Like we have so many videos of dogs opening up and playing with them and stuff like that because he was really great at like poking dogs out of their shell a little bit, right? Mm. Um, the staff really enjoyed being around him and stuff. I was like, he's basically going to be a shop dog for a little bit, right? So for mm. the next probably six months to a year, he lived at the facility, right? Um, he stayed at the Cleveland location for a while. The staff used him for different socialization things. The new kennel techs and stuff would work with walking him and stuff like that. And we never had any problems there, right? Everybody felt really confident and comfortable around him. He never gave anybody a hard time. He was just he was just enjoyable to be around, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of my trainers that wound up moving to Columbus to help with the Columbus location, he was really needing a good dog to help with socialization-related things. We had about three or four staff members down there at the time, and he was like, hey, can we bring Colum or can we bring uh, Cade down here to Columbus for a little bit? Can we use him down there, right? Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, right? Took him down there. Cade wound up living at Columbus for about four months or something like that, right? Same deal. Um, the one trainer took him home all the time. The other kennel techs and stuff like that loved him there. One of my kennel techs that worked uh, for me, Courtney, down there, um, she even messaged me a couple times. She's like, you know, I'd love to, can I like take him, like go for hikes and stuff like that and do all these things? I was like, hell yeah, if you want to, you know, like he was, he was just like, he's just really enjoyable to be around. He was very beneficial and he really was an asset to the company at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> so whatever wound up taking him home. I was like, you know, like, you know, I want to, I want to start bringing this dog into my life a little bit more. Took him home. You know, he, uh, was good, you know, did, did well stuff like that. And at the time I was back and forth on, I, I was back and forth on like, if I wanted to keep this dog truly for myself or if I wanted to try to successfully rehome him at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And I knew he couldn't just go to anybody. Right. I knew he had his resource guarding issues, or I should say at the time in my mind, I knew he had his history of resource guarding issues because he mm -hmm. never really displayed it with me. I think first couple of days back home, when I brought him home, when he was like staying with me for that like two week stay, mm -hmm. like day one and day two, I saw like these tiny glimpses of it. Two of them in particular I could remember is I brought him into my house and he like walked by in the kitchen where we keep the food and stuff. And there was like a food bin and like a couple of bowls and stuff like that. And I remember he walked by and as he was walking past, he kind of like slowed down. And I noticed just like the hint of like the hair going up on his back. And we, we shut that down like that. Like that was not yeah. going to be a problem in the house. Right. Mm -hmm. Stopped it. Another time I'd finished eating like a Chobani yogurt and like had it sitting on my coffee table and same deal. He like went over and like licked it. And then same deal. I kind of noticed his whole body language shift a little bit. The second mm. he did same deal, shut it down like that. Those were the last times I personally ever saw any resource guarding out of him. It mm -hmm. was clear at that point to him around this guy, this stuff doesn't fly right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So whatever. So I was back and forth. I'm like, do I keep him? Do I rehome him? This, that, one of my employees that worked for me at the time, and mind you, my timeline with some of this like really early stuff is not like... Yeah, it's it, been a long time. Whatever. It's been a long time, right? So one of my employees that worked for me at the time really, really loved this dog. She's like, I think my husband and I really, really, really would love to adopt this dog. She's kind of the one who initiated it. Like I was in the back of my mind, like maybe, maybe not. But she was the one that was like actively like, I want this dog, right? <clears throat> they had another German Shepherd at the time. I was like, you know... I kind of like was a, you know, like he's a difficult dog, right? This is his past, right? He's had these resource guarding issues, right? Like he's good, but like he's definitely a dog you got to like take seriously. And mm -hmm. and they're competent, you know what I mean? Like their German Shepherd was a little difficult as well. Wasn't aggressive or anything like that, but he was a tough dog, yeah. right? And at this time, <laughs> um, he'd only nipped the owner way back years ago, right? I mean, he bitter, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, that was, that was the only bite that he yeah, had. At that yeah, point. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 for sure. So whatever. So I was like, you know, I was like, all right, well, let's do this. I was like, why don't you guys take him for like a weekend? You know what I mean? Take him for a weekend. We'll sit down together and go over some rules and stuff like that to make sure this goes as smooth as possible, right? And um, see what we get. So her and her husband came by, right? Obviously, Kate and her dog, I believe, had met a couple times. They were fine. That wasn't an issue. And... um 
you know, they took him and, and my big thing was do not feed this dog alone, right? Make sure if you feed him, both of you guys are there, make sure there's this structure behind it and make sure that obviously any nonsense is stopped immediately before it becomes a problem, right? Mm -hmm. I think they may have had him again. I don't remember exactly four days, something like that. Things were going good. I got a call a couple days in. I was like, you know, like they were, I think they, yeah, I got a call. They're like, you know, we're pretty sure we want him. You know, like this has been awesome. We're pretty sure we want him. I was like, cool. I was like, why don't you guys give it a couple more days? Give it a couple more days, right? So I'm in a lesson. And I remember at the time, one of my employees came, pulled me out for a second. They said, hey, problem. Um, Employee got attacked by Cade. I was like, great. (laughs) Yeah. What happened, right? You know, is she okay? Is everything okay? Right. She's okay. She was going to the hospital. She had a couple bites up her arm and stuff. Um, fed him by herself. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I, I want to make this very clear as we move through this story a little bit here. Right. Though in my mind, my first thought, and you're going to hear this a couple of times here. My first thought was that was clearly something I said not to do. It's not out of character at all that he would do this, right? And that was my justification for it. In the end of the day, dogs shouldn't bite like that. Yeah. Dogs bite. Don't get me wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But dogs should not try to just attack you over things like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, And again, as we get further along, I'll try to generalize this to like, you know, I'm not saying every dog that displays any sort of resource guarding needs to be put down or anything like that. Cade is a one percenter dog, right? Cade truly is one of those dogs, <clears throat> truly is one of those dogs that it's not just he wants to bite you over things. Like when he gets in his mind that he's going to resource guard something, like he's out for blood, right? He has true intent to do serious harm to make that threat go away, not just, yeah. hey, get away from me, right? So I want to make that very clear, right? so whatever so obviously went and picked him up obviously went and picked him up right Uh, actually I had one of my employees go and pick him up because I I had a a couple more lessons I needed to get to she was able to go handle it right away obviously Um, you know the employee was okay luckily right Um, and got him back and it was kind of business as usual right like in my mind it was well this is this is something that this is this is why this happened. You know, this is why that I put in place the structure that I do. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, all right, well, that kind of sealed the deal. This dog can't be rehomed, right? Like, yeah. I can't I can't go send him to anywhere because you know even the smallest little slip up with things can have like serious ramifications, mm-hmm. right? So whatever. So at that point, this is my dog. I think that was when I really sealed the deal and like I brought him into my house and like this is officially my dog now. Yeah. Right. So whatever. So year goes by, year and a half goes by, probably longer. God, it's I keep trying to remember exactly how long it was. I think I got when did I get him exactly? I want to say maybe I had him for almost five years. Because I think I got him when he was about two. Yeah. Maybe he was gonna be eight now, something like that. Mm-hmm. I had him for a long time. Whatever. Yeah. So comes, lives in the house again, freshly single guy, you know, like I was single for a while, you know, and it was just kind of me and, and my dogs, right? It was me, Vinny, Vera, and Cade, right? Mm-hmm. We just did the fucking thing, right? Existed, had a great time. Um, if I had family and friends come over, like I had them out, you know what I mean? Like in my mind, like he has these predictable triggers, right? These predictable triggers are not a problem with me, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was, I, I have so many videos of me feeding him and playing with toys with him and doing all those types of things. Like him and I established a relationship where he enjoyed being around me, I enjoyed being around him, but he realized certain things don't fly, mm-hmm. right? So whatever, had him for a while. Um, met my wife, right? Um, she loved it. I mean, they everything, it was, it was good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> now, at this point, this would have been three years ago, mm-hmm. four, no, four, four years ago, four and a half years ago mm-hmm. at this point, right? <clears throat> Um, 
I have grown so much as a trainer at this point. I've already learned so much from this dog. I've learned how to kind of contain and control and manage resource guarding a little bit better. And I had a better idea in my head of parameters that I needed to set with him, situations to put him in, situations not to put him in, mm-hmm. making sure that, like, I knew, you know, obviously you don't fix serious behavioral issues. This is a topic I talk about with a lot of people, obviously, yeah. right? You don't fix behavioral issues, right? Mm-hmm. You learn how to contain and manage them better and increase the dog's threshold to things, yep. right? So I got him to a place where if I was present and I was able to supervise, not with this crazy amount of like hyper laser vision supervision <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that, but if I was able to supervise, there really was not any problems, right? Mm-hmm. Again, family, friends, this, that. I was able to have him around all of them and it wasn't a big deal, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so whatever. So year goes by, year and a half goes by since I meet my wife, had a great relationship with him. She would go take him for hikes and do all these different types of things, but we still had our clear rules, right? Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, if I wasn't home, she did not have him out. Mm -hmm. She did not give him toys or treats. She did not feed him. That was my job. Mm -hmm. And if we were having any sort of like party or function or if we were going to be drinking and stuff and having people over the house we did not have them out yeah it was that those were the rules right we knew yeah. those are stupid things to do with this dog mm-hmm. right <clears throat> now again triple clarifying here all of these things are me problems not anybody else problems and mm-hmm. i'm going to talk about them like they're like collective problems but that's mm-hmm. not that's not what it is mm-hmm. right this is a situation of like he was a dangerous dog. Yeah. Right? So bite number two, right? Neighbors were over hanging out, right? We were having a wild night, if you will, right? We were drinking <laughs> a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hanging out, having a good time. Cade was at the house, obviously. I had him crated, contained, put away. I knew what we were doing. I knew we were having a good time. I knew nobody was in any sort of clear state of mind at this point, mm-hmm. right? We're hanging out. I don't think we had any of the dogs out at the time. I think we, because typically by general rules, if we're having a party or something like that, there's no reason why dogs need to be out. And particularly if you're going to be drinking and stuff and you're not able to supervise, yeah, they need to be put away. 100%. <clears throat> so whatever. So my wife loved this dog. Mm-hmm. Loved, right? And her, the, the, the neighbor that was over was like, why is he in the cage? Why is he in the cage? Why don't you let him out? Why don't you let him out? Why is he in the cage? Right? Mm. <clears throat> Then my wife's like, yeah, like, come on, like, he can come hang out, this, that. I was like, no, 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 whatever. Again, I'm, I'm drunk at this point. Like, mm-hmm. Everybody's drunk at this point. Finally, she's like, yeah, I, I think we should let him out. We're just going to let him out. Let's him out, whatever, hanging out. Maybe an hour goes by, this, that. I think at some point, like, he, like, she was, like, kind of, like, the neighbor was kind of, like, patting him and stuff, and he kind of growled at her. And tried to get away, right? And and I didn't really see what was in the kitchen in this like area where like you couldn't really see what was going on behind yeah. the island and stuff. And uh, I go to the bathroom again at this point. I don't even know what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm in the bathroom just sitting in there, and all of a sudden I just hear rawr, 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 right, run outside. Immediately my brain just goes to grab dog, throw him in the crate, whatever, right. She went to, I guess she said he looked like he wanted some water. He kept going up to the water bowl and it was empty. So she went to go fill it up and put it down for him. As soon as she did that, jumped up, bit her in the arm, Mm. right? Again, all things considered, no major injuries, couple puncture wounds, right? Nothing that bad, luckily. Um, But nonetheless, check, there's another bite, Mm -hmm. right? Again, rationalization process here right? Rationalization process here. I knew he shouldn't fucking be out. That's so stupid. That's a hundred percent on me, right? It's a hundred percent on us. I can't fault him for acting completely to the character that he is. That's why we have these fucking rules in place. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Chalked it up as that. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> fucking sucks man you know like like i you know like again like i i've i've accepted all of this at this point 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's been it's been years now at this point, right? Like I've had plenty of time to beat myself up over all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. But at that point, probably should have just had him put down at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm now moving in the direction of my wife and I are going to get married soon. We weren't engaged at the time, but mm-hmm. we were very close to being engaged. Right. Mm-hmm. Start a family, this, that. There's no way this dog would ever be able to, <clears throat> to be a family dog. You yeah. know what I mean? This dog was a one person dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this was my dog, right? This was like, like I, again, I know what this dog needs, but you add outside variables into this, it, it ain't going to work. It's no. just not going to work. No. Right? And I've talked about this with a lot of like colleagues of mine and stuff like that. We've all said the same thing, right? Whatever. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> another X amount of time goes along, right? It's fine. Didn't really change our routines aside from... You know, my wife kind of realized then a little bit more because that's the first time she ever saw anything out of him. She's mm-hmm. like, I get it, right? Like, I understand why, right? Yeah. So fast forward to just over two years ago, about two and a half years ago, right? At the house, right? I'm working all day and um, Cade was home, right? Again, one of our big rules we had was, and I think we really solidified this after the last incident. I said, if I am not home, this dog doesn't come out. Mm-hmm. Period. Right? Yeah. Period. <clears throat> Again, I cannot, I can't fault anybody for this, right? I mm-hmm. can't, not one bit towards my wife, not one bit towards anybody, right? Again, I keep saying this over and over again. She only ever saw, aside from that one incident, the best version of Cade possible, mm-hmm. right? You've met this dog a million times, yeah. right? Like, when he was on, dude was a fun dog to be around, mm-hmm. right? He was cool. He, everybody that met him, like, like I, the amount, of, like, he was, he was, like, such a beautiful, majestic-looking creature, right? Like, I use him in these lessons all the time. People are like, oh, my God, that is, like, the coolest fucking dog ever. This, that, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Love this dog, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> wife is home. He was in the crate, He's whimpering and whining in there because he wants to be out, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in her mind, she's like, it's no big deal. Let him out. She's doing homework, right? She's like, I'm just going to let him hang out, right? Mm-hmm. She lets him out. He had been in the crate all day, which is a lot of kind of why she wound up letting him out, right? And then she let him out, and she gave him a high-value toy, mm-hmm. right? Gave him a like one of those marrow bones with the peanut butter in it and stuff uh-huh. like that. Mm-hmm. Here you go, right? Keep him occupied, right? She got up, went to the bathroom, right? She walked back in. She's at this point probably 35 feet away from him, something like that, far. Mm-hmm. Far where there's no threat, Yeah, right? He locked onto her. He said, you're a threat right now, right? And started growling got up, kind of did the weird stalking behavior towards her. She was like, shit, started making her way towards the door, went to go make her way out. She's like, I, she, she realized, she said the second she did it, she's like, I screwed up, right? Like, I need to basically just go outside and wait till David gets home to put him away, right? She gets to the door, opens that door up. As soon as she goes to get out of the door, he jumped at her, grabbed her hand, Luckily, she was able to pull off the hoodie she had, rip it off, and, like, throw it for him, sneak out of the door. But she got tagged up real good from that on the hand, right? Mm-hmm. Sliced her hand up right down here, right? She's still got a big old scar from that. A uh, couple punctures along the hand and, like, one here. Again, in the grand scheme of things, we got very lucky in all of these situations, yeah. right? They're, I, I'm not discrediting. They're bad injuries, Right. But all things considered, I mean, you hear in the news all the time people dying from dog attacks, yeah. right? This is a dog that, under the right circumstances, that could hap- could have happened with him mm-hmm. very easily, yeah. right? Again, 1% or dog. I'm not discrediting this, and I'm not trying to make this sound like, look at this, th- this is fucking I, the worst dog on the face of the planet or anything like that. Yeah. This truly was one of the most dangerous dogs, I think, that I've ever worked with, Yeah. right? But because he was my dog... It, it gets hard. I've had this conversation with a lot of trainers too to like turn on training mode sometimes when you're working with your dogs because we have all the same emotions as you guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but tack on to all of the same emotions towards our dogs, tack on to that, that we have the ego on top of us of, oh, and I'm also a dog trainer, so I know better, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you're not thinking clearly enough because of the other emotions, Yeah. right? 
so whatever. So she calls me, tells me what happened. She's on her way to the hospital, right? So in my mind, the second she calls me, I'm like, I'm going to have him put down, right? That was the, de- like, that was the determining factor to me. I was like, I'm going to put him down, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so whatever. So I think a couple days later, I called the vet, made the appointment to have him euthanized. And uh, it was, they had, they had like a fucking long ass wait list on it or something like that. It was like something like it was going to be like two and a half weeks before I was going to be able to have it done. He obviously needed to do his 10 day quarantine from it and then pack onto that, that they just didn't have the availability to get it in any sooner. <laughs> I re- obviously, I really didn't want to do it. Like I knew mm-hmm. I needed to do it, but like my heart was like torn Yeah, in my mind again rationalizing like Mm -hmm. this is why it happened you know what i mean like this is why it happened it was so preventable if only we didn't you know what i mean like if Mm -hmm. only those are this is the reason we have these rules this that right but i also knew i couldn't have him at the house and my brain kept going back to the days when i first got him when for the first year that i had him or so he was the best shop dog on the face of the planet yeah right my brain kept going back to that Mm -hmm. right so i fucking bitched out I bitched out. I canceled the appointment, right? Didn't do it. I said, you know, he's going to be a shop dog again, right? Mm -hmm. Again, we're three bites in now, right? He's going to be a shop dog again, right? Now, the thing that I didn't factor into that, right, through all of my emotion is when he was a shop dog before, one, I had a ton more time for him. I had a ton more time to do things with him. I integrated him a lot more into things. The staff had a lot more time to work with him. Yeah. Right, the staff had a lot more time to do things with him. At this point, Miracle was booming. Right, yeah. we had no fucking time, zero time. And tack onto that, we had a lot more staff than we used to have. Mm-hmm. At the time when he was a shop dog, we had like five people at the facility. Now we have twelve people at the facility. Yeah. A lot more relationships. Right. Yeah. A lot more other things that need to get done. So that went on for maybe a month. Mm-hmm. I, I again, I, timelines. I don't know timelines. I want to say a month, maybe a little bit longer, mm-hmm. something like that. And he he didn't do any. You know what I mean? Like he just he basically just sat in a crate all the time, right? And I would take him out at the end of the day before I left and play with him a little bit and stuff, and maybe use him in a lesson here or there. But he didn't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever. So the staff was like, hey, you know, I want to uh, want to start getting him integrated into more socials here. Start using him for more things. Kind of give him some exercise. This that. So I was like, all right, great. Let's fucking do it, right? Um, they were getting ready to run a social, right? They took him out to go do a social. And w- <laughs> so did I, t- I told you about all this this part. I think I'm pretty sure I did. Whatever. I so, think so, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're running a, so- they're running a social, right? There was like three of them out at the time because they were, you know, they were doing a larger social, whatever. We had this board and train in at the time, Cade's out, and this board and train kind of like went after Cade, right? Like kind of tried to like attack him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they go, they break it up, energy's all kind of spiked up and stuff like that. Like three seconds after it's broken up, Cade's going his way, other dogs going their way. One of our employees at the time, like is like walking backwards and like trips over Cade. Like literally like fell kind of fell over him almost, right? And I still have the video on my phone to this day, right? Like from the security cameras when I watched to see what happened. Tripped over him and probably because the arousal level was still spiked up because he was just in this altercation with another dog, turned fucking nailed this dude on the leg hard as shit right knocks him over the other employees go go to go break him up right he turns at one of our other employees kind of stalks her down jumps at her bites her in the uh the pinky right and then finally they got it contained they got him into a kennel right and um that was it they called me hey this happened and i went grabbed him threw him in a crate Took him to the uh, the the urgent clinic for it again. Another crazy fucking lucky situation with no serious injuries, right? The dude mm-hmm. that got bit in the leg, he had a pack of cigarettes in his pocket right here, right? <laughs> and when he bit him, wow. right, he bit through the pack of cigarettes, so he had just one puncture on his leg, 
right there from wow. him. The cigarettes literally fucking saved his ass. Yeah. Right? Wild. Like, he pulled the pack out. Pack had a hole right through the fucking middle. Right? Wow. That's like when you hear those stories of, like, a soldier that has, like, a coin or something. Yeah. And they get shot. Ridiculous. Right? Yeah. The girl um, had, uh, like, her pinky was sliced, like, kind of down here, but, like, you know, it, was, it wasn't good, obviously, no. but it wasn't it wasn't the worst thing that could have happened. I think she had a couple more little punctures on her from it, but all things considered, not, like, nothing that major. And again, it sounds like I'm discredited. Like, it's still bad, right? Yeah. But, like, like, all things considered, everybody was okay, mm-hmm. right? Um, and called the vet the next day, made the appointment. Ten days later, had him euthanized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it sucks it fucking sucks right and, mm-hmm. and here's the emotions going on in my head the whole time right what a fucking trainer you are right like five people got bit by a dog right because you were too stupid to be able to realize this needed to be done sooner and that all of this even though you could rationalize it all day long this is what kind of happens sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Um, thoughts going on in my head. What am I going to tell the owners that I have this note, right, that I still have that they wrote me about how I saved this dog's life and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What am I going to tell them, right, that I, like, let him down, right? Like, mm-hmm. all these mistakes were preventable mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, again, preventable mistakes, yeah. right? It would... It, and I, it, Again, to tell everybody, like, it, something would have happened regardless. Like, oh, yeah. when you're dealing with these types of dogs, like, you could only manage and avoid problems for so long, mm-hmm. right? So all those different things, right, going through my head. Like, like how, like how could I be so stupid not to realize it that soon, right? <clears throat> and the reason why I share this story, right, is not just to tell the story. Right. Like one, I, I I think it's important for people to hear, obviously. And and mm-hmm. I like for people to understand like we are transparent about everything. Mm-hmm. Literally everything. Right. And again, even though I haven't talked about this on the fucking podcast, I've told so many clients about this who've called me, who've had dogs that have been in similar situations, right? Or have had dogs that have shown even the inkling of types of issues to tell them like this is how serious this can get with certain yeah. types of dogs, right? <clears throat> but um, but yeah, I, I think it's important to be transparent about that. I remember when I, I scheduled the appointment and I remember the, the day that I took him in, I sent the, the old, his old owners, I sent them a really long message explaining what happened, like apologizing that like, Hey, like I told you guys I was going to be able to, you know, keep him safe, keep this situation good and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> They sent me like the kindest message back, dude. It was ridiculous. I actually get a little emotional thinking about it, you yeah. know? Um, they sent like the kindest message back, dude. It was insane. It was ridiculous. Um, and it was, again, that whole experience, the whole four or five years of me owning him really put things into perspective for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I learned so I, I can't explain how much that I've learned from this dog. And I think a lot of the reason why I've whatever achieved the success that I've achieved as a trainer and been able to get some of the breakthroughs we've been able to get and are able to work with dogs like that mm-hmm. is because I could relate so much to the average person with those types of things. Right. I tell mm-hmm. everybody I've uh, we 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 half joked about it one time at the end of a podcast where I said, guys, like I've done it all with my dogs. I've made every goddamn mistake on the books, right? Mm -hmm. Serious, not serious, this, that I've seen it all. Right. Mm -hmm. So when somebody comes and tells me a story and feels like they're the only one who's experienced something like this or felt these types of emotions, they're not, they're Mm -hmm. not alone with those things because I've experienced it all. And I could, I could help guide your decisions a little bit better than I have, right? Whether that's having the conversation about behavioral euthanasia, right? Whether that's helping them understand that their situation isn't as serious as they think it is because I've seen really serious, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that may look like, right? <clears throat> and spinning this back to like why we're telling it in the first place, this person's post that they made about unless you've been scared for your life around a dog, right? I've never felt scared around Caden myself mm-hmm. through everything right 
there was never an ounce of me that felt scared of that dog, mm-hmm. right? And if that logic was accurate, right, of if you've never been scared for your life around a dog, you don't have business talking about behavioral euthanasia, um, if that logic was accurate, he would still be alive, which would have been the biggest mistake in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, this is the severity of this kind of stuff. Behavioral euthanasia is not just for the dogs that are killing people. There's news the other day. What was it? Maybe a, a UPS driver or a, <clears throat> I don't know, a UPS driver or a postman or something like that that was killed by like five Great Danes or some shit like that. I Again, I don't know exactly, but I saw an article like that, right? Got attacked by these dogs. There was that article we talked about in Texas of that pet sitter that got attacked and completely disfigured by two dogs in somebody's house, right? There's stories over and over and over and over again of people literally losing their lives over dogs, mm-hmm. right? There are dogs out there that should not live. There are dogs out there that are such a risk to society that nobody can safely own them. Mm -hmm. And that is a reality that people need to understand. And those are signs we should be looking for before something serious happens. Again, I got lucky Mm. all five of those times that Mm. there were no serious, serious injuries, right? Other people are not. If somebody else owned this dog through how long I owned him, it could have been way, way different. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And additionally, dogs that are biting in general, again, I don't think they need to be put down, right? There's a lot of dogs that bite for all sorts of different reasons. But if you have a dog that is a bite risk at all, right, serious or not serious, you cannot rehome that dog. Mm -mm. Let me tell you why. You cannot rehome that dog because you love, let's let's take this example, right? You have this dog that's bitten a couple people, right? And you love this dog, Mm -hmm. right? But you can't control this dog, right? And now you're going to take it and you're going to give it to somebody that doesn't yet love this dog and still can't control the dog. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're going to stress the dog out even more by placing them into another house with an inexperienced owner that doesn't know what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen? That stress is going to amplify. The dog's going to resort to what they know how to do, which is bite. And the person doesn't actually really care about that dog yet. They're going to get mm-hmm. rid of him in a second. If you have a dog that's a bite risk and you're considering rehoming them, unless you've really consulted with a trainer and determined this is the move to do, which I think that's very, very infrequent, the most ethical thing you could do, in my opinion, is have the dog euthanized. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's too much liability. It's too much risk. Do you want it weighing on you that you rehome this dog and then the dog bit a bunch of people because the dog was stressed that you rehomed them? And then some random Joe Schmo has this dog euthanized in its last days when you who loved the dog could have ethically done that yourself and been there for the dog. Mm -hmm. You've got to take this stuff seriously. You Mm -hmm. have to. There's no alternative. There's no alternative. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, that's it, man. That's my story with this. And I felt compelled to, the second my trainer sent me that video when I was out of town the other week, the first thing my brain went to was that's how I need to talk about this. That's how I need to explain this to people, Mm -hmm. right? Is by sharing that story and help people understand that this stuff is preventable. Yeah. Right? And in some cases, that is the way to prevent it. Right now, I don't want everybody to take this too at heart. Like I'm again, like I'm saying, like every dog that bites needs to be euthanized. That's not what I think at all. We do no. behavioral modification. Obviously, we do behavioral modification training because I believe yeah. the majority of dogs out there are not the one percenters like Cade, yeah. and like some of these other dogs that you'll see. Exactly. Right. But <clears throat> excuse me, I think that it's something that people should be more mindful of and more aware of as they're working with different dogs. Right. Yeah. Where if you start noticing really serious things like that that it is an option that's at your disposal. 
right? And mm-hmm. even to this day, right? I don't ever tell people this is what you should do. I don't think that's my place to do still, right? I think people have to be okay with a decision on their own and have to be given all of the information possible, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I think that, that it's, a, it's a likely option for people, I will explain to them that I think it may be one of their only options and that it's up to them to decide from there. Yeah. But yeah, that's my story. What do you think, man? Add some, drop drop some knowledge on us, Josh. I know that's, you know, it's a hard one because, you know, when I started, when we started working together, I mean, I think Cade was already in Columbus at that time. I think so. And uh, yeah, I mean, every every instance I had with the dog, and that that's why I can I can sympathize with with you, even though I wasn't his owner. But every time I was around him, it was like. It's a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the, in the controlled situations, he was a great dog, and that's why it. I, I I hope people do understand like how your point of view was, because when the when things were good, they were freaking great, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was just those little instances, but those instances are ones that you can't ignore, obviously, because. Yeah he was he would be either zero or he would be a hundred. Yeah. You know, there was like no in between with him. It was mm-hmm. it was like we're either gonna be good or you're gonna like go crazy. Yeah. So it's and and I think you did what any owner would literally want to do at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And and the reason that I, I think it's even harder for you, like you said, because as a trainer you feel like, oh well I got, I can work through this. We can work through this together, you know? Mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, you had him what, five, I think you said what, five years, yeah, five, six years, five, about yeah. four or five. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, you know, you, you did everything. And honestly, at the end of the day, you gave him more life than he would have had otherwise because, a, yeah, sorry. Uh, if he went, you know, if you hadn't taken him any, and they did give him up back mm-hmm. then to someone else, he would have been gone a long time ago yeah, and wouldn't have had a life anyway. Yeah. You know, that's something friends of mine and colleagues of mine and stuff like that, as I've talked to, have all said, you know, it was like you provided, you provide a lot more than anybody else would have been able to for him. Exactly. Right. Which is cool. Now, two other points I want to make with this, right. Mm-hmm. That are a little bit more gray and generalized, right. Mm-hmm. Bigger picture learning takeaways from this, right. Yeah. One is trainers. You have to have mentors, or at least very knowledgeable colleagues that you can consult with things on, right? Yeah. I have colleagues of mine that are have been doing this way longer than mine that I can reach out to about these types of things, that I reached out to about this situation and many other situations I've experienced before, right? I know it sounds like sometimes like I'm the voice of authority and stuff like that just through the podcast, right? Like I have a lot of people that come to me with those types of things, right, mm-hmm. that I'm able to talk with about, right? But you always have to have somebody that you could look to as some sort of figure of authority that could help you make tough decisions, especially yeah. as a trainer because you're dealing with your ego as well, right? Yep. That is one of the biggest things with this is because I had the knowledge of dog behavior on top of these instances, I was able to rationalize them a lot more and mix that human emotion with that ego, which delayed me from making the inevitable decision, yeah. right? Thing number two, I talk a lot about genetic behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I knew this dog since he was eight weeks old. Yeah. Right. And at eight weeks old, this dog was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but at six months old, right, with owners who provided a loving, caring house for him, started displaying these behaviors very intensely. Mm-hmm. Right. These are genetic behaviors. Yeah. Right. This is not something happened to my dog, so they're guarding things. Yeah. Right. This is some dogs are miswired. Right. Mm-hmm. Some dogs have screws loose in places that are very, very serious. Yeah. And I think that's something else that people need to look at as trainers when it gets to the conversation of like quote unquote fixing things, is there are some things that are programmed into dogs that you're not gonna unfix. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's funny that <clears throat> like <laughs> we accept it in in people, you know, oh you you know, this person has this disorder or anything like that, you know, like yeah. actual mental disorders. Mm-hmm. And, but we won't equate that to animals, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the same thing. They have a brain. They, they could have miswirings, you know? Yep. 
And at the end of the day, you have to you have to take that into consideration. <laughs> like, not every dog is going to be wonderful. Like they they're going to have their quirks, and sometimes they're serious. Yep, hundred percent. So, so listen, guys. I hope you guys were able to take something away from that. I hope uh, if you've been in a situation before where you've had to make the call to have your dog euthanized over this, I hope it helps for you to realize that you're not alone. It doesn't make you a bad owner. Yeah. Right? It's a very necessary thing for a lot of people and a lot of dogs. Right? Mm. And don't fall for the jargon. Don't fall Mm -hmm. for some of the things people say out there when it comes to like, oh, well, you shouldn't... Unless somebody knows your situation, they, the 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 judgment that people will pass on the decisions you make, mm-hmm. right, is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Unless people knew my situation, this is why I didn't want to share it publicly initially, or I should say, not didn't want to. I knew I wanted to. I remember the day that I put him down, I made a post, and I I said at the end of the post, I said, I'll share his story one day when the time's right, mm-hmm. right. I knew I was going to talk about it sometime, yeah. right. Just didn't know when, didn't know how, mm-hmm. right. So, you know, I don't even know where I was going with that. Unless, you know, you can't, you can't, like, unless, unless people are in your shoes with these things, they're not going to be able to understand the decisions you make, right? Whether it's my decisions that I made with not doing it and doing it and where my brain was at with that and how I was rationalizing it and stuff like that, even though to a lot of people, and I'm sure people listening to this are going to be like, wow, you're a fucking idiot. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be at least a couple of people that think that. Right. All I could say is unless you're in that position, you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. Right. So don't let anybody make you feel bad about that kind of stuff. No, not at all. Right. If anybody has a story like this that they want to talk about, if any, tra- we have a lot of trainers that listen to this. Right. Mm-hmm. If we have any trainers out there that are in a position similar to mine where they've had an experience like this and they, never shared it, right? They felt ashamed of it, whatever, and they want to talk about it. I'm here to talk to anybody about those types of things. This yeah. is tough. It's yeah. it's a tough conversation, right? So aside from that, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. We're going to wrap that up on that. Uh, hopefully you guys got something from this. If anybody has any questions, comments, want to share a story, reach out, and I'd be happy to talk to anybody. But if not, I'll see you guys in like, Two more days. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're doing another one. Yep. (laughs) Catching up. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you. All right. Have a good one.